today on the Daily Gator Daily Thought. James O'Keefe exposes CNN. Twitter yanks his account. What a shocker. What a shocker. Remember the Russian bounty story? Complete BS. And yeah, the latest things to get canceled? Children's songs. How's that affordable bail working out, leftists? What would you do if a naked man broke into your home? I, Idris Elba, the actor? He ain't black enough. And yes, it's official. Chelsea Handler is the stupidest human being to draw breath ever. Today on the Daily Gator Daily Thought. Kids, let's get uh, let's get after this. Uh, according to Newsbusters and many many other sources, Twitter has suspended the account of Project Veritas founder James O'Keefe permanently. Roughly two months ago, they banned the Project Veritas accounts. Now they have gone after James O'Keefe, of course, the man, the conservative icon, really, and hero, I would say, behind Project Veritas. See, O'Keefe has done the unforgivable thing. He has secretly recorded many people on the left, like Planned Parenthood, just being honest about what they really do. And now it's CNN he's gone after, exposed a lot about the 2016 elections, about how biased CNN really is. And he's exposed the fact that fake news didn't even come close to scratching the surface of how absolutely abhorrent CNN is professionally. Now this ban for James O'Keefe, comes conveniently. I'm sure it has nothing to do, complete coincidence, I'm sure, uh, that comes after he released undercover videos of a CNN staffer bragging about helping Joe Biden win the presidency. I mean, <laughs> come on. All the, all the CNN staffer did was says, said, look, what we did, we got Trump out. I am 100% going to say it. And I 100% believe that if it wasn't for CNN... I don't know that Trump would have lost. That was Charlie Chester, CNN technical director. And Chester even admitted that CNN's anti-Trump coverage is, was nothing more than propaganda. And we have another story we'll talk about next. That's the same thing, basically. So why is Twitter banning him? I mean, he did a good thing. He did what journalists do. He undercovered something that needed to be undercovered. Uncovered. That's better. Sounds better.
in a statement to the Media Research Center, which is behind Newsbusters, which is where I'm get, reading this from, uh, an unnamed Twitter spokesperson said that O'Keefe had been permanently suspended for violating Twitter rules on platform manipulation and spam. What's spam? He recorded, or his his, his operatives, people who work for him, recorded CNN people saying what they were apparently were pretty damn proud of. So it sounds like Twitter's maybe more upset that he uncovered the truth rather than that he broke any rules or put spam out. But the statement continued from the Twitter spokes tool, as outlined in our policy on platform manipulation and spam, you can't mislead others on Twitter by operating fake accounts. And you can't artificially amplify or disrupt conversations to the use of multiple accounts. So basically, they got O'Keefe on, at best, a technicality. A technicality. But really what they got him for was exposing the truth. And O'Keefe has uh, reportedly told Forbes he is going to sue the living you-know-what out of Twitter. I hope he wins. I really do. And also, let's talk about fake news. From this year, actually last year, 2020, running up to the elections, one of the big stories that was used by the media to make Trump look bad because Trump bad, orange man bad. Uh, the Russia bounty story <clears throat> has eroded. Again, this is from Newsbusters. Last June, the Trump-hating reporters who always wanted to underline that Donald Trump was almost traitorously soft on Russia banged a can about a New York Times story claiming Russia secretly offered Afghan militants excuse me, bounties to kill U.S. troops. Uh, Tim Graham is a gentleman writing his piece. I should give proper credit to him. Now, the liberal Daily Beast. Daily Beast is not a conservative site. Not conservative news. This isn't Newsmax, Newsmax or Newsmask, if that, uh, if that actually exists. The liberal Daily Beast website is offering a jaw-dropping assessment. It was a huge election time story that prompted cries of treason. But according to a newly disclosed assessment, Donald Trump might have been right to call it a hoax. Oh, the left hates to hear that, folks. The story began with anonymous, all those anonymous government sources, and is now rebutted by anonymous government sources. It's anonymous versus anonymous. Kind of like Spy versus Spy from Mad Magazine, if you remember that. The Biden administration announced that U.S. intelligence only had low to moderate confidence in the story after all. How <laughs> convenient after you've won the election. Yeah, that story is really important. Not, not so much anymore. Uh, translated from the jargon of spy world, that means the intelligence, intelligence agencies have found the story is at best unproven, and possibly untrue. According to, again, officials on a phone call, the reporting about the alleged bounties came from uh, detainee reporting, meaning a detainee may have provided the, quote, intel to gain release. Specifically, 
The official cited information and evidence of connections to criminal agents in Afghanistan and elements of the Russian government as sources for the intelligence community's assessment. Uh, the Daily Beast compared this to Rafid Ahmad Alwan and Janabe, also known as Curveball. Is he a terrorist or a rapper? I'm not sure. A source claiming to know about Saddam Hussein's weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. Molly Hemingway at the Federalist made the same connection last summer. Uh, a U.S. Today fact check explained interrogations of militants and criminals in Afghanistan were the basis for the U.S. intelligence assessment. Had Hillary Clinton been in office, the liberal papers and networks would say, you can't allow militants or criminals to accuse president of treason. Of course you can't. But Hillary wasn't in office, thank the Lord above. Donald Trump was, and well, it was all fair game on Donald Trump. And... Of course, MSNBS, who has it has zero credibility, ran with the story, and all the others did too, trying to hurt Trump. Again, orange man bad. That should be the new party slogan of the Democratic Party. And again, it turns out, well, yeah, it's eroding pretty quickly. The Russian Russian uh, bounty story. You think the media will give that additional coverage? Maybe apologize to President Trump. Maybe try to do better? <laughs> oh, if you think that, I've got some swampland in New Mexico. Only $5,000 an acre. Now, let's switch gears. Let's talk about something uplifting and really cool. Children's music. I mean... One of the great things about Christmas and birthdays and other times is great good kid songs. You have a little kid around, you can sing and just get such joy from from uh, them singing Jingle Bells or Bob Bob Black Sheep, for instance, or so many others. But that's all going to come to an end, apparently, because as Campus Reform reports, that after discovering anti-racism... One University of Nevada, Reno lecturer is going to stop teaching songs like Jingle Bells and Ba Ba Black Sheep. Now it's Bye Bye Black Sheep and Canceled Bells. The professor directed campus reform toward a list of uh, crowdsourced insensitive songs. <laughs> Among the problematic songs were Buffalo Gals. Uh, Do Your Ears Hang Low? I don't think I've ever heard that song. Uh, Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Zip de doo da. And yes, the hokey pokey. Hmm. You know, I was addicted to the hokey pokey at one time, but I turned myself around. Ah, that corny joke, it's free, folks. Feel free to use that. If you're a guy, you press the lady, you tell that joke. You're getting lucky tonight, pal. Um, but after discovering the tenets of what is called anti-racism, one University of Nevada, Reno professor, it's going to stop it. Kate uh, Pollard, who is a senior music lecturer at the University of, again, Nevada, Reno, wrote about her anti-racist journey. 
In music education for Nevada Today, the school's news outlet, referring to her first days as a middle school teacher in the late 1990s, Paula wrote that, I don't think I even knew what these songs were about, and I'm fairly certain that none of my middle school students ask about their historical context. However, when she learned what authenticity and appropriateness meant in the mid-2000s, she began to dive into culturally relevant pedagogy. Sometimes my pronounced my mouth just fills me. I apologize. Pedagogy. Or is it pedagogy? Oh, good Lord. Who knows, folks? I think they're making worse just to screw me up. Uh, between that time period and present day, Pollard has had many conversations and she's read a lot of literature on anti-racist curriculums and appropriation. She realized that many of the songs I taught as a middle school educator and even as a college educator are not appropriate and even potentially harmful to certain peoples. All the hypersensitive claptrap. Someone's going to get their feelings hurt. Examples include Jingle Bells. Who the hell thinks Jingle Bells is offensive or racist or, or, or disturbing in any way? I mean, maybe if you've heard it 400 times around Christmas, you might get a little fed up with it, but really. Another song is Polly Wally Doodle. That one may be bad. This saying the saying the title offends me. Somehow it sounds silly or something. And Shortening Bread, all of which, according to Pollard, have links to Blackface. That's right, Blackface. I'm whispering Blackface because I don't know I may offend somebody if they hear me say it too loudly. I'm trying to be more sensitive. Pollard told campers inform that Jingle Bells is problematic because she read that slave owners used to put bells on slaves to keep track of them, which the Jingle Bells are referencing. Actually, the Jingle Bells referencing are for slaves. I, I mean, right? They're on the horses that are pulling the slaves or whatever's pulling the slaves. It's not slaves. The... Uh, the horses pull in the sleds, rather. Excuse me, I said that wrong. So there's bells on the sleds, and the horses pulling the sleds. That's what Jingle Bells is. But someone decided to get triggered and say, well, no, it's, it's actually about slaves. Putting bells on slaves. Stop it. Good Lord. Out of all the songs I mentioned in my article, Jingle Bells is the most divisive. She explained, maybe it's ubiquitous familiarity. Maybe it's associated with Christmas. Either way, many teachers don't want to remove it. Maybe those teachers are what we call sane. Maybe they, they don't have brains that are diseased with this anti-racism BS. She also wrote that white Americans use the song Five Little Monkeys and Bob Bob Black Sheep to stereotype and degrade black Americans. Uh, this woman fell out of the stupid tree and hit every branch on the way down. Pollard also asserted to campus reform that 
Five little monkeys seems innocuous enough, especially when sung to toddlers. However, channeling her inner Karen, however, it used to be sung with the N-word in place of monkeys. And as you probably know, black Americans have been called and referred to as monkeys. Now, I need to speak to your manager. Uh, therefore, she says, I have made the difficult decision to acknowledge my ignorance. Continued Pollard. I have made strides to change the repertoire I use and pass on to future and current music educators. <coughs> and yes, if you're wondering, she's also going to stop teaching songs like Oh Susanna and America, which also is known by the name My Country Tis of Thee. Uh, she says this song, actually the song is a different issue in which it is sung from the white colonizer perspective. That's right, those white colonizers. Most Native Americans who know the song find it hurtful as it erases their stories entirely. This idea that you have to include everything in a song or a book or a story or whatever, you can't leave it, you can't exclude anybody. It's it's asinine. Absolutely asinine. And she says she doesn't feel the need to preserve certain music. She would rather promote songs that are inclusive. Inclusive. Just say inclusive with me, please. Let's be inclusive, everybody. Then promote songs that, although may have been popular, also marginalize and degrade a population. Uh, this woman, Miss Pollard, degrades the uh, degrades the collective IQ level of this country. Shut up, woman. Get a life. Quit trying to run around and find things that offend you. I understand you suffer from offenditis. You were probably born offended. But the fact is, all you're doing now is hurting by trying to take innocent things away from kids because you are the ultimate Karen. Because leftism is an ideology of Karens. Thank you. Now let's go over to 357 Magnum. It's a fine blog. It does have a picture of a revolver right on the front page, and that may trigger you uh, you gun control nuts, you members of the cult of gun control. So, so be careful when you click on that page. And a question from, from 357 Magnum is this. How is that affordable bail thing working out? Huh. Here's a story from, where else, Chicago. Men murdered childhood friend while awaiting trial on federal gun charges, prosecutors say. Huh. So a man gets arrested, charged with murder, and he's walking around free on bail, and he killed someone else. What a shocker. Who could have seen that coming? Mr. Magoo could see it coming. By the way, Mr. Magoo, I'm sure, has been canceled for making fun of blind people or people with vision issues. But here's part of the story. A man who allegedly, again, presumption of innocence, murdered his friend during an argument last week 
is the 15th person accused of shooting, killing, or trying to kill someone in Chicago this year while out on bail on another pending felony case. So you could argue that affordable bail has killed 15 people in Chicago. Of course, that would make you a racist or something. I don't know. He was out on bail from a federal court because they don't believe in keeping uh, offenders in jail either, apparently. Illinois lawmakers who backed recently passed legislation that will eliminate cash bail in the state in 2023 often pointed to the federal uh, pretrial release program as a successful model they wanted to build on. Well, you consider a success that 15 people have died. You've got a process, the main prosecutor out in uh, Cali in L.A., I guess. Is it? He, uh, he doesn't like bail either and doesn't like charging people with serious crimes. He seems to be, he seems to have a thing for the felons, the criminals, the bad guys. And here, my friends, I think I'll close with that story. You know who Idris Elba is, I assume. He's, a, he's a, an actor. Black, good-looking guy. He was the world People Magazine Sexiest Man a couple years ago, I think. Uh, and uh, really good actor. Really good actor. I've seen several of his movies. He, he's a phenomenal actor. Well, the BBC, British Broadcasting Company, they have someone who is the head of creative diversity, and he doesn't like Idris Elba. He says Idris Elba's Luther character, it's a TV show called Luther, starring Idris Elba, he said that character is not black enough to be real. Really? So apparently the BBC's head of creative diversity uh, knows what is and is not an authentic black person. Wow. And these are the people accusing everyone else of being racist. Good Lord. Wokeness is exhausting. A story, by the way, from PJ Media, Pajamas Media, it used to be called. Uh, Jim Treacher, who is a heck of a good writer and great conservative, he writes, Wokeness is exhausting, and I'm starting to think that's the point. Every minute of every day, you're inundated with utterly dishonest nonsense about what is, what a racist you are. Every conceivable aspect of your daily life is now considered racist, up to and including the rice in your cupboard. Does it have a picture of a black girl in it? Racist! Does it have a wacky Chinese front? Racist! At a certain point, the stupidity is so overwhelming that it wears you down and you just give up. Okay. Whatever, I'm a racist for liking old school rap music and kung fu movies and whatever else. I'm oppressing other cultures by learning more about them. Fine, just leave me alone. Amen, Mr. Treacher. But it continues. He writes, so in 2021, I greet news items like the following with a sort of numb resignation. This is what the world is now? From Tom Hyman of the Daily Mail. He writes, the BBC's diversity chief has claimed Idris Elba's TV detective Luther isn't black enough to be real because he doesn't have any black friends and doesn't eat any Caribbean food. Excuse me a second. 
I had to resist the urge to say a word I'm really never going to try to say, which is the F word or the F word preceded by mother. Um, what is this? Yes. Uh, know about Caribbean food and black. You have to eat Caribbean food to be black now. Really? You know, you can even be Caribbean, actually from the Caribbean, and not eat Caribbean food. It'd be weird, but you could do it. Miranda Wayland said the hit crime drama, which won plaudits for having a strong black lead character, was only superficially diverse, and that corporation bosses are now looking to portray minority groups in a more convincing and rounded way. How about Fat Albert? He was pretty round. Hey, hey, hey! Uh, maybe he could sit on Miranda Whale until her brain started working again. She said when Luther first came out, everybody loved the fact that Idris Elba was in there, a really strong black character lead. We all fell in love with him. Who didn't, right? But after you got into about the second series, you got kind of like, okay, he doesn't have any black friends and he doesn't eat any Caribbean food. This doesn't feel authentic. Seriously, this is a person who probably makes a lot of money doing what she does. She's a professional idiot. Professionally offended, professional idiot. And let's be honest, does the BBC or anyone really need a head of creative diversity? In 2021? No, it's a fake job created by leftist nutcases so people like them can get jobs that are well-paying and influential and they can pretend they matter in the world. When in fact, you can go and go out to the woods and find any rock and kick it and that rock has more intellectual depth than these morons. Jim Treacher writes, but Luther doesn't have any black friends? If you've ever watched a show, you know he doesn't have any friends. So see, there's that. He hates white people. Isn't that good enough for the head of diversity at the BBC? He's a cop, Treacher continues, who works within the system because he has to. But he has very little use for people when he's not saving them. One of his classic lines, you get a reputation for answering phones and all they do is ring. He's a prototypical long character. Almost comically so, if he's bound to a stereotype, it's that one. But this BBC diversity genius doesn't think he's stereotypically black enough. And somehow, my friends, that isn't racist. 2021 is crazy. Uh, then Treacher makes, I think, a pretty good point. He talks about another character, that another role that Idris Elba has played. Heimdall in the in the Marvel movies. Now Heimdall is a Norse god. And Norway is one of the whitest places on earth. And it's not just the snow, ladies and gentlemen. In all the depictions of Heimdall in the human history, including 40 plus years of Marvel comics, he was shown to be white. In fact, he's traditionally considered the whitest skinned of the gods. All the gods make fun of him, I guess. We're going to damn tan. Hey, buddy, uh, make sure to stay out of the sun today. You'll blister, you know. Uh, so when Elvis casting was announced a decade ago, it raised a few eyebrows. 
Well, here's here's a shocker. Idris Elba is a it's what they call an actor, a thespian. It's a talent where you can pretend to be other people and you can bring those characters, be the fictional, non-fictional, historical, whatever, to life to entertain people. And Idris Elba is really good at that craft. It's an art, and he's excellent at it. So if he, if Marvel wants to hire him to play this, this Norse god from Norway, then he does the job and people like the movies. That's all you need to know. It's called diversity, ladies and gentlemen. It's also called minding your own damn business and not being a freaking Karen all the time. Okay? Just relax. He's an actor. He's acting. Again. Now, as stupid as that was, there's someone who's stupider. Or is it more stupid? Or is it more stupider? How about the most stupidest? We have a, what I would call on my website, thedailygator.com, I refer to people who are really stupid and really steeped in leftism as Marxist morons. And people like Jimmy Carter, just dumb human beings that don't have a clue. I may have found the dumbest. She's a comedian who's not funny. She's blonde. She thinks she's attractive. And she's offered to take her clothes off for people who, if they would vote against Trump. I'm a man, very heterosexual, Chelsea. Keep them on, please. Chelsea Handler is who I'm talking about. And according to Bearing Arms, Tom Knighton writing there, she wants to get black men killed. Not deliberately, of course, but in the pursuit of diversity. Knighton writes uh, that what happened to Dante Wright is a tragedy and that there was plenty of blame to go around in that. And multiple point, at multiple points, that confrontation could have gone very differently. Yet the first mistake I can see, Knighton writes, is that Wright opted to resist arrest. Amen. Don't resist arrest. You're not going to win. If the cops have done you wrong, and sometimes cops do, if there needs to be an intervention, that cop needs to maybe doesn't need to be a cop anymore. Whatever the case, you can't fight the cops there. Fight them in court. Be smart. But legal scholar Knighton writes, Chelsea Handler, she has some advice for people in such situations and it's about as bad as it gets and about as rock-kicking stupid as it gets. The dumbest take currently on Twitter seems to belong seems to belong to comedian Chelsea Handler's account according to uh, Newsbusters this is. The what can you expect from someone whose most sophisticated political contribution involved removing her clothes to entice people to vote? Yeah, as I reference, folks. Uh, still, it's shocking that she recently encouraged minorities to not comply with police as there's already a huge, or a high chance, rather, they'll get shot anyways. Well, that's smart, Chelsea. You really are a dumbass. 
In response to the fatal shooting of 20-year-old uh, African-American Dante Wright at the hands of Minneapolis police, Handler did what her and her fellow Hollywood colleagues do best in the wake of a tragedy, and that is make a bunch of assumptions about the event and make it much worse for everyone else. I would also add that they don't have a clue what they're talking about. They live in fairy tale world. <clears throat> Though people better pump the brakes on taking Handler's latest point seriously, because it might get them in serious trouble of the law, or worse, killed. Chelsea Handler tweeted, Why would any person of color ever comply with a police officer when there is a 50-50 shot of getting accidentally shot? Well, the 50-50 chance you're going to get shot if you're black is absolutely asinine. Somebody should take Chelsea Handler by the hand, sit her in front of a computer, and teach her how to look up statistics. Enter the number of times police pull black people over or have a, a conversation. They go to their house, whatever the case may be. They stop on the street, whatever it is interactions between police and black people and find out how many times the cop shoots the black person. It's not 50-50, Chelsea. It's not 25-75. It's not 10-90. It's not 5-95. It's astronomically low, Chelsea Handler. You would know that if you put your damn clothes back on and actually educated yourself, you ignorant skank. And by the way, if you're going to call yourself a comedian, try to do something funny every once in a while, Chelsea. In other words, Knighton writes, Handler is suggesting minorities should resist arrest since their odds are just as good. He says that's bat, in, bat guano insane to even suggest. I would say bat shit crazy, but to each his own. First, the suggestion that there's a 50-50 chance of someone getting shot is asinine. If that were the case, we'd have a whole lot more officer-involved shootings each and every day. So many that they wouldn't make the national news because it'd be so common. Newsbusters report something like 10 million arrests per day. That's just arrests. That's not counting all the other interactions between police and citizens. 10 million arrests per day, yet the NAACP, not a pro-police organization by any means, says the number of people, all people, killed by police are between 900 and 1,100 each year. So the left-wing NAACP, which is not cop-friendly and loves them some race baiting, they're looking at 10 million arrests per day not including all the other interactions, and they're saying 900 to 1,100 per year of all people killed by police. That's not anywhere near 50-50, Chelsea. Again, remedial math. Just look into it. Now, that would suggest your odds of getting shot by a cop is a little bit less than 50-50, Tom Knighton says, I'm sure very sarcastically, but the best way to do it, to go down the road to do it, is to resist arrest. Don't comply, run from cops, fight with cops, etc., etc. 
But Chelsea Handler, my friends, will probably never get that because she's like most people on the left. Her ignorance is 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 what drives her. But it's the ignorance she has, which is an, an incredible amount, tied in with her overly emotional tendencies. If it's if it's bad, she has to blow it so far out of proportion. Something can't be bad. To Chelsea Handler, it's not that she nicked her finger cutting onions and had to put a band-aid on it. No. Her right arm was severed and she had to go to the hospital. She had to be airlifted from her kitchen to the hospital and spent three months recovering. That's the comparison here. That's how far out of proportion this idiot is blowing things. And anyone who takes her advice stands a really good chance of, of getting hurt, getting killed, or getting a longer jail sentence. I'm glad you're really helping out the black folks there, uh, Chelsea. What a moron. And finally, folks, a really, a really kind of funnest, funny story. And according to WDTV.com, and the WSAZ news staff in Lincoln County, West Virginia. This headline, neighbors shocked after homeowner shoots naked intruder. You hear about Billy Bob next door? What about him? He finally got a job, gonna bring my lawnmower back, what? Some bitch owes me a six pack of beer too. No, there's a man, the naked man went in his house, he shot him. Really? Damn, I'd like to see that. But, and I'm not mocking the accents of people from West Virginia. One of the best uh, best states in the nation, by the way. West Virginia State Police say a man who had stripped down to nothing tried to break down someone's door Monday morning. The man came face to face with a homeowner who was armed with a gun and ready to defend his house. As most people are in bed at 2 o'clock in the morning, troopers in Lincoln County said it was 2 a.m. Monday and Jeffrey Roberts II, 28, was wide awake, naked, and breaking into someone's home. All the good old days. Neighbors like Bruce Tully are still stunned. He said, yeah, I'm shocked. I don't know why he would have been at his door pounding at his door at 2 a.m. Roberts picked the wrong house, though. Trooper said the homeowner, who's in his 60s, grabbed his gun and opened fire, hitting the naked suspect in the shoulder as he tried to break down the door. Tully said he is familiar with, with both Roberts and the homeowner. I'm aware of him, you know, the victim. The victim, they seem to be very good people. Tully said he doesn't know why Roberts would do this. I don't know. It might have been drugs or alcohol involved, I'm just saying. Uh, Roberts was taken to a hospital. He's in stable condition, and no charges will be brought against the homeowner, and so far no charges have been filed against Roberts. However, I'm sure that uh, Chelsea Handler will be the legal counsel for the man who was shot, Uh, and she will probably advise him to take his clothes off again and try to break in more homes, given her sage advice. And of course, it is a developing story, ladies and gentlemen, they say. 
Here's my bit of advice. Don't get inebriated, drunk, stoned, whatever. Take your clothes off and try to break in your neighbor's house. <clears throat> it ain't going to end well. <clears throat> and folks, that's it for me today. Thank you for listening. If you want to support this fine podcast, go to uh, anchor.doughagan. And you can donate there if you like. If you can't, not a problem. I appreciate you listening. Spread the word around. Need more people listening. TheDailyGator.com if you want to support my blog. The one I do with Edward Daly. There's a sticky post there. First post in the blog when you log into it. And you can donate there to my PayPal account. Again, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, If you're going to break in someone's home, don't be naked when you do it. Don't listen to Chelsea Handler and the three regular golden rules of life. If you're left, you just ain't right. God bless America. And yes, always, go Gators. Is it September yet? Y'all take care. We'll talk soon.